welcome back to Let's Spaghetti Talk About It! Woo! We're here! Happy to be here. <laughs> we're back. It's the difficult second episode, if you will. Yeah, we're getting over the, the hurdle of, you know, coming off our successful premiere episode of the world's third most popular, most... Um, just the best iCarly podcast on the internet. But, you know, we're joined by two of the number one iCarly superfans. Um, and that's just a fact. So yeah. you're in for a treat because we've got an absolutely stacked show this week. I think you'll find, folks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with a, with a third most popular show, but with a best show. Mm. So take, take that for what it is. How are you feeling today? You know what? Uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm feeling a bit rolled up. I'm kind of rolled up. Okay. And we'll get into it okay. because, you know, there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot of different um, topics to be riled up about, in fact. Yeah, sadly, I have to agree with you on that. <laughs> but, um, you know, before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this second episode of our mm-hmm. podcast, we have a couple of little nuggets that we want to get to first as a, a bit of an appetizer, if you will. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got something, actually, if I can offer it up. So I, I just actually had one of my famous uh, brainstorm workouts. It's the it's the perfect melding of um, vision and exercise, and I, and I find it yields the best ideas. And I thought, okay, we've probably got a successful musical intro, but what if we decided to compose one ourselves? How would that sound? What would it feel like? Um, mm. You know, if you're just using the iconic Leave It All To Me by, by Mr... Jared Drake Bell and, and Miranda Cosgrove, that, that's a great reference point. So with that in mind, I, I've come up with this, and, and I just want to gauge your uh, immediate reactions to that, okay? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay. Bit, bit rusty with the old pipes, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, Kali. Welcome to the party. Carly Spencer Freddy. They're all at the party Talking to Icarly Icarly What do you think? Oh my god Oh my god I mean, first of the first thing that's going through our mind is like Why didn't they hire you to, to do the, the reboot theme song? Exactly, I, I think obviously establishes the characters Yep Establishes the tone Yep Bit of pathos in there, I think, if I can toot my own horn. On, I think it's a little bit more of the dramatic variety. Well, as you, as we all know, you're a Trevor-nominated actor, and that comes with a lot of, mm. you know, clout in this, uh, in this little uh, podcast in- industry that we're in. And um, mm-hmm. and you definitely brought that to your performance there. Mm-hmm. And how how long did you say that you took to write that song? Again, you know that that's the result of about a 45-minute workout. I'm on. I, I believe it's an elliptical machine, which if I'm being completely frank with you, isn't the most physically taxing of machines, but it's the only one that I have available to me in my current home gym setup. Sure. And then there's a few, you know, a few dumbbells yep. and kind of do that thing where you're kind of punching at an invisible person, but of fisticuffs. And and so, yeah, I couldn't say exactly how long it took to formulate, but it was just festering yep. in there and uh, it came out and I was very happy with that. And I'm, I'm usually quite a harsh critic. Well, I think that's beautiful because, I mean, if you think about it, leave it all to me, I'm sure it was composed by... Yeah. You know, a, a boardroom full of big wigs. Um, maybe Miranda Cosgrove and Drake Bell were involved somehow, but mm-hmm. you know, a full team of people just to produce that three-minute piece of music. And mm-hmm. you've just come out guns bloody blazing mm-hmm. in this this workout yeah. setting, and you've come out with that. I mean, jeez, it's it's impressive. It's impressive. Um, it's just it is what it is, and it was great. And uh, that's it's just raw vision. So if anyone does actually kind of want to remix that. 
uh, we'd love to hear it. I mean, uh, Noxic, I think it is. Noah Monk, Gibby, many monikers. If you want to, if you want to get it on this on the ground floor, (laughs) bloody go for it, mate. We're giving you the keys to the kingdom right now. Um, We we're we're handing the rights over to you specifically, just Noxic. But if anyone else wants to give it a go, maybe we'll discuss some, you know, some terms of how you can proceed once you've once you've made the song. Obviously, the remix. Um, But Noxic, Mm -hmm. you're free to do whatever you want. That's a, that's an open yep. letter, open call. I mean, I'll refer to the third line. They're all at the party. Yeah. So I think the title would have to just be "I party with with Noxic," right? <laughs> yeah. That's the theme. Exactly. So, but yeah. Anyway, I, let's let's enough self-aggrandizing for one day uh, what, what's your uh, contribution to this segment oh is this the segment we were talking about earlier yeah it is um because it's a bit of a controversial one we, we talk about a lot of so far at least a lot of controversy related to to nickelodeon uh stars i guess and uh this one's well we've already mentioned his name drake bell a nickelodeon mm. alum also the voice of ultimate spider-man on disney xd but you know he's got in a bit of trouble because some recent court proceedings just happened and i'll I'll read from the wikipedia page because i don't have an official source on this but basically on uh it says on june 4th uh, of this year bell was arrested in cleveland ohio on charges relating to attempted endangering of children and disseminating matter harmful to juveniles a public information officer with the Cuyahoga County Pro- Prosecutor's Office said the 15-year-old victim, who had established a relationship with Bell several years prior, attended his concert in December 2017. While there, Bell violated his duty of care, um, which is apparently a legal obligation which is imposed of an individual requiring adherence to a standard of reasonable care while performing any acts that could foreseeably harm others. Okay, I didn't know that. Because of that, he created a risk of harm to the victim. Apparently, he, Bell sent inappropriate social media messages for months to this 15 year old and uh yeah so initially bell pleaded not guilty but a video just came up on my twist feed today and it is um he has pleaded uh, guilty to both charges and yeah it's not looking good for this guy (laughs) i i don't have anything like i just feel kind of fucked up by this like i've got nothing pithy nothing funny to say because what's to joke about no and and when when you sent me that video where someone's remixed it with the old Drake and Josh split screen. Okay, on the one hand, it's genius, but at the same time, like, it, I can't even laugh at this because it's just, it's just horrible. And there are all these jokes online for years about, you know, how, like, kind of pathetic he might be because people see him, like, loitering around Disneyland or whatever, and I'm sure he's not the only person to do that, but to actually see that it's true, like, all these kind of rumours and jokes, like, I uh, just, I don't know. Yeah, def- definitely, um, it, it hurt. It, I felt betrayed because it's it's just it's just fucked up. It's just really fucked up. And for this all to be so recent as well, this whole debacle was unveiled at the start of this month, and now it's kind of all, like wrapped up and it's like there was kind of no question about it yeah it's um it's just sad to see really it's sad to see especially someone who's you know as involved even though he wasn't I, I, he might have appeared on an episode of iCarly but he's obviously very integral to the original uh theme song but yeah i guess he's never going to be involved with any of the upcoming stuff for the reboot yeah just uh, just sucks well he was he was responsible for the crescendo of the song you know the the well that's true at the end yeah. they kind of layered that up and yeah. I think, I mean, if it wasn't for that bit, you wouldn't know it was him. I noticed uh, a little pre-review here that mm. in the new theme song, it's just a kind of re-edit of the original song. They took that bit out. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. I didn't. It just kind of like abruptly cuts. And I think that that was the soul of the song. But I get it. You know, you can't hear the the, the moans of a, I don't even know what to call him. 
Just a, just a pest. Just an absolute pest. A guy with a fucking quiff. Have you? The, the quiff is just so tall. <laughs> it's too much, honestly. I mean, we'll talk about hair this episode, but I mean, God. God. I mean, I can't really talk because like, my, my hair was like that when I was for most of my teenage years because I, I've got a lot of forehead to contend with. So I think that the aim, I think for anyone with a modestly sized forehead, the quiff should be like a little bit taller. And I was kind of going by that rule. But when you already have a gargantuan forehead and, and then suddenly the the quiff is is towering. I mean, you're looking like yeah. a Conan motherfucker, you know? <laughs> so it's a recipe for disaster. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Anyway, so this is the the segment that will open every show. It's called Into the Schneiderverse, where we mm-hmm. kind of talk about all the happenings of, of the world that that Dan himself has created. We won't get into personalities too much. Uh, although having said that, we did just open with a, with a more personal note, but it yeah. has to be said. We have to say it. So there you go. Yeah, but I mean, Dan Dan himself hasn't done anything too untoward. So, I mean, it shouldn't get too bad. I mean, we talked about his indiscretions against the former First Lady Michelle Obama, but again, oh yeah, I'm not convinced that that isn't Photoshop. And again... They could be very close. Who who knows? We don't know their relationship. I mean, Barack might be okay with it. We, we don't we don't know what the situation is there. And um, you know, yeah, they could just be friends. They could yeah. just be really good friends. Maybe they hit it off on set. Yeah, we never know. Yeah, Schneider could have even advised within the Obama administration under uh, various responsibilities. He could have been in the what what's the room the room that they have the 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 where everything's happening. Well, they actually renamed it to the Schneider Room after oh, the Schneider Room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, <laughs> waiting for the uh, drone strike against Bin Laden or the Navy SEALs or ho- however they dealt with that situation. <laughs> Schneider's there. He's he's just providing a bit of levity because you know he's upfront about the fact that politically he's not really got much to bring to the table. But if the if the boys in there need a good laugh, he's there, right? Yeah. They just whack on an episode. <laughs> episode of- <laughs> Yeah. One of the shows. And yeah, they're all they're all laughing. They're all having a good time. <laughs> yeah, there's like a <laughs> it's like a button in the in the Oval Office that that was left after Obama, which which would just cue random dancing. And apparently, like Trump, he just he couldn't get that out. So every like every other week, Trump would just randomly he would have to dance. You know? <laughs> yeah. That crazy guy, and that's, I mean, he didn't like it, and that's kind of, I, I'd argue, how the country kind of got to the way it has. Well, you'd think it would it would be a good opportunity for him to cool off, let off some steam, because if anyone needs to let off steam, it's that guy. But clearly mm. he, I mean, you've seen him dance. Do you remember that thing on SNL where he's kind of dancing to Hotline Bling? I mean, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't want to subject anyone to that on a regular basis, but shall I talk about... The thing I saw? Yeah, go, go for it, yeah. Right, so in the in, in the spirit of the Schneiderverse and, and also research that I have to do into this podcast, I'm getting a lot more of Schneider's Bakery come up onto my YouTube channel. I mean, at this point, it's basically just a Schneider's Bakery app. Mm. And one of the clips that was brought to my attention by the algorithm was a scene from Sam and Cat. Now, I'd never, I've never seen Sam and Cat. I've, I've never even seen Victorious, so I'm kind of in the darkest to hold that whole... Uh, corner of that universe but this this was this was quite an interesting clip it was it was full to the brim with lore and we <laughs> love lore don't we we love lore around these parts and this universe is so entrenched rich with lore and connections and basically this clip i think it was uh the episode where neville he returns and you've got sam and cat they're in this 
it's basically a Silence of the Lambs ripoff situation. And I think the the guy, the warden that shows them round, was actually in Silence of the Lambs. Basically, they come to meet Neville because they need his help. They, they've they've turned to their darkest enemy in their darkest hour because he's the only one that can get them out of the, whatever the situation is. And so yeah, they they go into this basement and they walk past all these different cells before they get to Neville. And so they're met with uh, a multitude of wacky characters. Now, I don't want to get too, you know, it, it's a product of its time, but I have to say, the first person, the, the gag is literally that they walk past the cell of a black dwarf. God. Now, and that's it, that's the joke, okay? <sighs> is dwarf, is actually, wait, before we go any further, is dwarf the correct term at the moment? I think it is, right? Okay. Yeah, I think it is. I hope so. If it isn't, then please let us please let us know. Then we'll, please let yeah, us know because uh, we don't want it to speak out of turn. <laughs> no, but the joke was literally they walk past a black dwarf and then cue laugh track. Hilarious. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm looking at the. This is very not. This is not tasteful at all. This is a. No. Wow. The second cell was was I think like some Simon and Garfunkel impersonators. So. I don't know if anyone watching would really get that. Um, no. I got it because I'm a pretentious loser who collects vinyl. <laughs> but yeah, so there was that. Uh, creepy, I suppose. Then they hit the mother load, okay? They happen upon the next cell, which contains none other than Drake and Josh's Crazy Steve, as played by Jerry Trainer. Jerry! And I wasn't sure if they were using a, a body double or something, but this was absolutely him, roughly the same height and build. He's wearing his classic movie theatre ensemble, and he's in there juggling like a madman. He's wearing a gimp mask. Well, th- this is the thing. He's actually wearing like a Bane mask. Like it's a Halloween bait. Like you oh. can see the tubing. <laughs> it's like not even really? like hidden. <laughs> yeah. From the oh Dark Knight Rises. Well... You know, they're, they're working with what they've got on the show. I mean, they clearly... The, the set looks great, in my opinion, so they were clearly stretching the budget, but it fooled me, so I thought it was a gimp mask. I thought, you know, they were pushing the envelope once again in terms of content. And I don't know if, like, Crazy Steve had ever really happened upon the iCarly gang. And and it kind of made me think, like, if, if Miranda Cosgrove is playing Carly, but out there is also Megan, will we ever get to see that crossover? Well... I'm just thinking now because um, at the time of recording, we're, we're knee deep in the recent Marvel Disney Plus show Loki, and in that show they introduced the concept of variants. And I'm thinking <laughs> that maybe these alternate castings are actually just variants of the same character that have diverged in the timeline, but have somehow forced their way back into the mainline. iCarly, Drake and Josh, uh, Sam and Cat, Victorious Universe. So I, I love that, yeah. If I can further that theory, mm. I would suggest that perhaps it's not Carly that's the variant initially, it's Crazy Steve. So I think perhaps that Crazy Steve did something, created a mirror timeline, he assumed the identity of Spencer Shea, <laughs> because of course there's quite a big age gap between the two. Yeah. He stole Megan from her family as a young child. Not not like in a creepy way, but I suppose, okay, this is inherently a creepy act, but he just wanted a sister. He wanted, he wanted a family. Mm-hmm. He wanted to live in Seattle, you know? So he stole her, created this whole life for themselves, and, yeah. and that's what iCarly is. Because there's always this really foggy, murky backstory about their parents i know we do see their father but i mean there's not even a, a whisper about the mother okay until 
the revival. There was a reference, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, so, you know, you kind of, you look at Carly and you just don't see a full human being. Nothing quite adds up. Again, there's another moment in the revival that could lend itself further to this theory, but again, we'll get to that. Yeah, going off what you're saying, it kind of feels like, you know, when I, Carly started, it feels like as soon as it started, that's where the, the character of Carly began. There was no before. It was just that. Like you say, it could easily have just been this um, this story that Spencer or Crazy Steve has invented for Carly to li- live this lie, essentially. Maybe, you know, we'll get to it again. We're, we're referencing the revival quite a lot pre- prematurely, but I'm not sure if you got to the fourth episode. But basically, Spencer hires uh, a sex worker um, to go on dates with Freddy. <laughs> if he's willing to, to hire someone to pretend to be someone for one of his friends, he could very easily just hire an actor to play their so-called dad and conveniently have him, you know, go off on whatever air, air base or submarine that he's on just to explain yeah. in a way why he's never around. So There's never been a character that embodies the idea of the agent of chaos quite like Crazy Steve. And I think Spencer, God love him, yeah. is, you know, a mere fraction of that. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if there is this connection. I mean, think about it. Sam and Cat chronologically play, takes place after iCarly. Carly went off to Italy. We can't account for Spencer's whereabouts in that time. So he could have gone back to the old persona, was locked up, somehow breaks out. I mean, we know that prison system in this universe isn't the most rigid. People escape all the time. I mean, Neville's back, so. Yeah. And sorry, that was that was actually the culmination of the clip. They end up seeing Neville and he's kind of like Hannibal Lecter, but I, 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 I tuned out because Crazy Steve, you can't just drop a bomb like that and not focus on it. So yeah, that that's what I found this week. Very interesting. Definitely, that's, that's honestly very good findings. And I, I do kind of hope now that we've uncovered this maybe there is some explanation of how this crossover came to be and um i just want some explanations i just want some goddamn explanations of this universe and how it works because drake bell i seem to remember like i don't even know if it was like the the credits of an episode in season one like he almost appeared in a scene as himself but he wasn't yeah like drake parker that was their last name yes trying to figure that out Mm -hmm. uh but yeah obviously that thread's not going to go any further but uh It'd be fun to see, like, Josh Peck, maybe, or something like that. Well, Josh Peck's an influence. He's part of, you know, we mentioned last episode David Dushbrick and that sort of, uh, that crowd. Yeah, yeah, but he's that's... sort of part of that collective. Uh, I think there is a possibility that Josh Peck could show up just as his real-life persona, um, as an influencer. I don't think that's off the table, for sure. So, without further ado, should we get into the actual reviewing? Yeah, let's bloody dive right in. <laughs> Episode one. What was? Could you do a rundown of that briefly for everyone? Yeah. So episode one, I start over a kind of what have they been up to? What the new status quo is, which is a bit of the same, but there are some things that are different. Carly has come back to Seattle and has a new roommate, Harper Spencer. He's become rich from all of his art dealings and that sort of thing and he has the old apartment back so that's a nice sight to see for fans and freddie he's come back but he's living with his mum again after two divorces i believe and he now has a a (laughs) adopted stepdaughter uh millicent i mean that's basic that's basically it really yeah for episode one i mean it culminates with them spoilers uh going back up to the attic and uh it's pretty much the same as a few boxes and they decide to you know get the show back on the road but 
Oh my goodness. I mean, okay. We talked about Freddy a lot in the last episode and our predictions because we we just couldn't understand what what they'd done to him. <laughs> and we got an explanation here. And to be honest, it's 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 hilarious what they've actually done with the guy. But it's the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. It's it's just like Ross Geller times a hundred, I guess. Yeah. Everything about this character is just it's too much, especially um the, the moment that got me is when they bring back Freddy's mum, and uh, obviously yeah. they give the cheer for everyone, and they have to give it for Freddy's mum as well when she comes through the door. <laughs> and it's, it's just, yeah, it he's crazy. Whatever growth Freddy had in the original show, whatever development he had, it's all gone to the wayside because he's the biggest cuck in the world. <laughs> he's such a loser. Even his stepdaughter knows it. She constantly takes advantage of him. I'm pretty sure, like, Carly and Spencer also feel the same way. And, yeah, he's just... Honestly, in some ways, intolerable. <laughs> yeah. He's just... That word could be used for a few more characters, but we'll, <laughs> we'll go there later. Yeah, and um, we mentioned hair before. I do briefly want to talk about... Oh, yeah. Freddy's hair, because, oh, my God. Oh, come on. I, I don't know what they've done to this guy. But, like, if you go on Nathan Cress's Instagram... You can see that he can he can have like decent hair. They don't need to do a lot. They just need to you know make it quite short, spike it up at the top, uh, and it's fine. But he's got this like it's what what Drake Bell's hair is kind of like. But it's it's like all swept to like the side, and it's all accentuating his forehead. It just looks like the most losery, nerdy like look ever. And I guess that's part of Freddy's character. But you know it's been. 10 years or whatever he's he's grown as a character right. surely at least in that department you don't have to make him all right i'm like sorry that. but i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to chip in here because okay i had some criticisms but I, I this this shallow surface level character physical assassination that you're you're giving to him i can't stand by this look i mean i i, I just have to i've just got them say it i just have to got them say it it's like <laughs> and they gave him like a beard as well like he just looks he just looks fucked up i'm sorry like <laughs> You bring this character on for so long, after so long. I'm like, I'm looking at. I typed in our Freddy iCarly, and you know, there's some there's some pictures of Nathan Cress, and he looks he looks way better. Just just do that look, yeah. but he's got this yeah. like Peter Parker Spider Man three look, and he looks like he's just the worst. <laughs> I can't deal yeah, with that's it. That's pretty accurate, actually. I can't deal with it. Well, look, maybe maybe I discredit you a bit there. Maybe that'll be because there are a few things about these characters that I'm kind of thinking. These, this doesn't sit right with me, but maybe if this is the actual arc of the character for this season and, and the criticisms are going to be addressed, then I'll hail the whole thing as genius. But until now, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe this, this these divorces have taken their toll. He's destitute. Still pretty cocky, though, for someone whose life is just so pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a... I don't even know how to describe it. He's got this, like... He's he's whipping out these facts constantly, or this like tech know-how. Yeah. I, I sometimes forget that he's like he was like that. I mean, there's you didn't get to it in episode four, but he like um, when he's dating the sex worker, Spencer like tells her to pretend to be like a scientist, and he like kind of geeks out at her like saying the most surface level like science facts ever. Yeah, I do forget that he is just a flat-out nerd. It's that Benson smarm. You know, yeah, and, and that was a trademark of the character. And like you said, I kind of forgotten he was that way inclined as well. And he's the show's resident dork, and he kind of owns it. 
Yeah. It's funny watching him through the years because I did also see a clip of him when he has a guest appearance on Sam and Cat, and that Freddy is very kind of he sort of swaggers in. He's giving a lot of kind of he's pouting a lot. You know, he's kind of looking at everyone <laughs> like they're beneath him. I just find that really funny. They kind of elevated Freddy's power levels for, for they ner- no they didn't they, they the opposite of nerfed him for that episode. They buffed him. They buffed him. Yeah. yeah. But they brought him back down to earth. They c- he came crashing down yeah. after the two divorces. Yeah, they, ner- they nerfed him for this. <laughs> they definitely did. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the whole situation, I, I kind of want to see it explored a bit more because it's it's one of the most, like, contrived, silly character backstories I've, I've ever come across. Because Millicent, and this isn't about the actress at all, uh, obviously, that goes without saying, but a- as a character, is is kind of just the most toxic unlikable character i've seen in a while they clearly hate each other why did he get joint custody i mean kind of talked about it as if it was this equal thing but i mean millicent's clearly there all the time parading around the uh, the apartment block like she's an equal and i have to be honest with you okay i don't know how old she is but kids they need to be brought down a peg or two and i think she needs a talking to she needs to get some friends her own age she needs to butt out of adult affairs and I think Freddie needs to be the one to say that. Yeah, because constantly she's, like, really mean to Carly, especially. She's, like, got this weird yep. grudge against her. And um, Freddie doesn't do anything to stop her. Like, no. when it's obviously very, very rude to be talking this way to a, you know, a friend of your adoptive father. So, yeah, yeah. Fre- Freddie, I think, you know, the fact that he's kind of been knocked down a peg, it seems like that's uh, extent to the fact that he just doesn't have the balls to talk to his own daughter and sit her down and just be like hey this is not okay yeah and i I, honestly i want to see this kind of resolved by the end of the season because if not it's going to be kind of um insufferable (laughs) yeah well i've written this for episode two but freddy claims to not know what the ick is but he's literally the living embodiment of the ick at this point so (laughs) jeez I, I don't know. I I, I want to like him again. I, I used to like him. I used to marvel at the guy's technical prowess and capabilities. But at this point, the guy's just wielding a, a smartphone. I mean, it's just not impressive. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, you know, he had this big rig beforehand. He just he didn't he knew what he was doing. He was in he's large and in charge. But here, I mean, yeah, like you said, he's just tapping on the the iPhone. I know this is a <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit of a nitpick, but you see at one point that he's literally just pressing like the record on like the video mode of an iPhone. It's not how like I don't think it's how yeah. live streaming works. No, it's not. I mean, they do kind of make a quick joke about it, don't they? Like he goes, "I literally just press a button." But yeah. even so, I, I, I just—it's <laughs> too much. It's just too much. Why are there so many ring lights? Because if they want to properly light a space, you would get proper lighting, not just like fifteen ring lights. <laughs> Maybe, I, I, I mean, because ring lights are normally for, like, when you film yourself. Yeah. So maybe, like, Carly says at one point that she's done a couple things since, you know, going to Italy and, like, she just says she did, like, a university radio or something like that. Maybe that's from her career doing solo stuff and she's just like, well, that's all I have, yeah. so that's what I'm going to use to light the studio. The ring lights are also turned off, so maybe it's just some kooky set design, I don't know. But that's the thing, because didn't they sort of say that she'd been doing makeup videos or something in the interim? Yeah, I think so. And I hate that she's basically Zoella. We didn't get a single random dance. No, we didn't. Well, this is what I wanted wanted to bring up, because as soon as we start the episode, where there's no, like, kind of preamble at all, we're just kind of straight in to the setup, and, like, there's no kind of, like, you know, setting the scene. It's just kind of, like, 
bam, here's the characters, this is what they're doing. If you have never watched the show, like the original show at all, I, I bet you'd be so confused. You have no clue what the hell is going on. Because yeah. I, I could barely like comprehend, like especially the fact that it started in. I was like, "What? We're just we're just here now. We're just doing this already." It was it was just a bit much. And there's this whole sequence well, yeah. with the breakup and like this ampersand and like it's just too much. Like it's too much for this opening. Yeah, this is what I was going to say to you. I literally sometimes I'm watching it and I have no idea what's going on. Like I have no idea what they're talking about, what they're saying. Yeah, I'm so confused. I feel like I'm watching Tenet. It's a lot. You know, we were kind of promised that this would be a show that we're familiar with, but it would be different if we aged up. But I don't really think it is that, because it is essentially just the same show. It's just, like, yeah. some of the dialogue, like, the references are slightly aged up, and, like, they can say crap now and, and bitch and stuff like that. Pussy dick ball. Exactly. That's pussy dickhole. Because they literally do the baby Spencer bit again from the original show. And it just, it's like, they even position the, the, the in-universe, the in they're bringing back the show. But it's a bit older now. But they literally do the same thing they were doing as kids. So it's like, have they really matured at all? Is the show actually really that different? Because it's not really. It's just exactly the same. But arguably yeah. I'd say worse. Because it's like... Yeah, it's it's targeting an older audience, but it's literally just a kids show again. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I think tonally, it's so hard to pinpoint like what this is going for. And you're right, like they kind of pepper in these more adult references. You still don't actually see them; they're not actually explored. I'm not like saying, oh, okay, I want to see a sex scene, but I'm not convinced any of these characters have ever actually kissed anyone in their lives. They don't really scream. They're just not adult. You know, and and you're right. Like that, the humor has not aged with the situations, and arguably, kind of less funny as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. Because I think like the original show, it it really it, it just it wasn't afraid to get fucking nuts. Yeah, this could be on the level of Community, where you know you have a very like kind of grounded, simple premise that very quickly devolves into this kind of surreal fantasy land. But because Community's world was so fleshed out, you totally bought it. Like you didn't care when something ridiculous or crazy happened. And I and I think the kind of same goes for the original. Whereas with this, they're kind of going for quite bland storylines so far. Yeah, maybe it get crazier as it goes on but i mean like the first episode very loosely it's a kind of getting the band back together narrative and there's a bit of something with carly's like boyfriend but he's like so poorly defined as a character i mean so i made my brother watch this with me as well oh, no. and we kind of had this i had to watch it again afterwards because we were riffing so much over it uh but we at first, when she mentions she has this boyfriend called Bo, my first thought was that they were going to go for that trope in sitcoms where you have this, like, off-screen character, kind of like in Frasier, where you have yeah. Niles's wife, or I'm trying to think who else was a bit like that. But anyway, yeah, Niles's wife's kind of, like, the most famous example of this. And we were just saying, like, how funny it would be if, if this Bo was this, like, off-screen presence. And we just immediately, like, started you know, pretending he's this, like, English aristocrat, you know, he's just, like, off-screen, he's like, who are these people, Carly? You know, and all this kind yeah. of stuff, and I just, like, I wish they went for that, because that would just be so funny that, like, Carly has this bizarre off-screen boyfriend that everyone's just a bit iffy about, but then he comes in, it's just your classic schlub, yep. and that was, that was just, you know, that was tied in a bow very quickly one of my notes here is like why is carly such a simp that's like her defining characteristic i i don't like she's such 
I don't know. Like, I think she was liking the original show as well, but not to this extent. I don't think she was, and and that's the problem for me. Is as as I think like young girls and boys to an extent, they kind of see that stuff and they think like, oh, I need to be boy crazy or or whatever because like Carly on TV is right, and so you do see like teenagers who've like never had a relationship, like they they go for that kind of thing, but you know you don't have to be like that, and especially not when you're twenty eight years old, Mike. God, I think she'd be an insufferable girlfriend. <laughs> it, it does kind of feel like these characters have kind of been dumbed down to their one-dimensional character sheet traits. I mean, I'm not saying that iCarly, the original show. I mean, we are experts on it, obviously. Of but course. it's it, you know, it, it it knows what it is, and it doesn't like go for this huge like character development thing. It, it but it does have you know decently well-rounded characters, and they have more than just a few traits. But in this, it's just... Yeah. In multiple episodes, like, it's just about Carly kind of going after guys and doing the same thing over and over again. I don't really... I do, do they just not know what to do with the character? I mean, we said in the previous in the previous episode how, like, Carly was never the, the most interesting character on her own show. And it's kind of gone that way again, I guess. Yeah. And it's such a shame because, okay, they wanted... I know, like, when I Carly first came out it was hot off the heels of drake and josh and they very clearly wanted to like show that miranda cosgrove was capable of playing different characters and she's very very different to megan but that was such a good character and i I think like it's just a shame because i was watching these episodes and, and i actually do think like all these actors are quite capable of like really good comedic timing it's just such a shame like they're not given more because if someone said to me like oh they're gonna reboot iCarly and it's gonna be different my my first thought would be like okay what show would i liken this to what should it be like and i would say something a bit like like new girl like have you ever seen that? yeah yeah that'll be that'll be something like that and and maybe yeah why not do it single cam because they were kind of promising us this whole oh it's no reboots been done quite like this before and to an extent they're right because it's just so confusing like i have no idea what this is yeah. and who it's for but yeah let's break it out of the the multicam setup because there were a few moments that made me laugh like i've written one down for episode two but i just like who is pressing that laugh button know. you know because they're just they're just saying a line oftentimes without even the cadence of a joke and they just go crazy and i just it's it's actually disorienting because you're like what the hell is going on yeah I, the humor is so confusing it's just not funny like most of the time like sometimes i can see like the nuggets of like oh, this could have been, like, a funny joke if they had, like, yeah, timed it better or, like, just done something, like, different with it. Yeah. Just a lot of the times the way it's delivered or the way it's edited, uh, it's just, it doesn't come together. And going to, like, the, you know, the fact that it's a multicam setup, I don't think it helps the show at all and it makes it feel, like, really cheap and, like... Mm. And especially, I noticed in the first episode the sound design. Um, and I don't know if this is just, like, a sitcom thing in general for multi... Because I haven't seen a lot of multi-camera stuff, admittedly. But especially when they have, like, that party in Spencer's apartment, there's, like, no sound design for any of the guests or anything at all. <laughs> it's like, you can, you can only yeah. hear, like, the main, you know, people that are actually involved. So it just felt so empty and, like, lifeless. And obviously, like, the main focus is the people that are talking, but it just felt so off and, like, weird. That had to be, like, something they could have, like, addressed. (laughs) Because I don't think it's always like that, right? No, no. I mean, there is a bit of that. Like, it is oftentimes when you're watching a multicam show a bit like watching a play. Because you can kind of see people... I think I saw Harper and Millicent do it at a a moment where they're kind of, like, miming with their hands as if they're talking. (laughs) And the camera pulls away from them. And uh, there is always going to be that element, but 
yeah, I just think it could be done a lot better than that. I think this could be a really big deal because if they actually completely revamped the format and the feel of this, because I don't, I, I don't think that has been done yet. And this is the thing, like, there were a few kid shows when we were growing up that were single cam that didn't have a laugh track. I mean, just look at like Lizzie McGuire or like Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Even though Ned's was shot in a multicam sort of way on sets, the acting wasn't played like that. Yeah. So I just think they, they could have done this because every single one of these actors I think is capable of it. And it's a shame. But uh, yeah, that's why we're so happy to be doing this part. Yeah, I don't want this to turn as like a fully fledged hate podcast no. because I think like the reason we're doing this is because we do have a have a fondness of the original show. When you do return to stuff like this, it's always going to be like the law of diminishing returns. Because I mean, I said to my girlfriend like a few weeks ago, she she's a massive Drake and Josh fan, and and we're both quite anti friends. Like, I mean, I'm not like against multicam shows. I, I bloody worship Seinfeld and Frasier and even like new ones like How I Met Your Mother I was a big fan of but they, they do have their limitations but yeah I've never been into Friends and neither has she and I said to her I was like well at the end of the day like even if you went back to Drake and Josh and compared that to Friends like Friends would probably still be funnier yeah and, and that's 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 the the shame of it is that it doesn't really age well I'm afraid and even even if you pit it against something that you loathe like like Friends or Big Bang Theory which isn't the coolest thing to like I think there'd probably still be a bit more in that to enjoy yeah because obviously at the end of the day even though I think the Nickelodeon shows were a bit more mature in what they could do yeah um, in some ways they, as opposed to the Disney ones yeah uh, in some ways they were also a bit more kiddie and like zany than the, the Disney shows were and they, they would kind of go to like very um absurd places not to say that the Disney ones didn't, but like they did <laughs> yeah, feel the famously grounded. Wizards of Waverly Place, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very restrained show, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It's very nuanced. A lot of you know, yeah. just great arcs. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's about a, it's about an Italian American family living in New York and the trials and tribulations that brings. Teresa Rousseau, she's she's doing the hard work in New York. She's you're doing overtime, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Maria Canals Barrera, we, we worship you for what you do. Maria Canals Barrera! Woo! <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like Nickelodeon shows were like the shows you'd watch and you'd like feel like you were older than you were, but in some ways you you kind of weren't because they they were yeah. trying to like get you in on the fact that oh we're like a bit more edgy we can include bras in this and stuff like that but yeah i don't think they've aged too well no saying that i think if i were to go back to like an iCarly episode like an original one i think there'd be at least a lot more creativity than there is in this uh, reboot because i mean we'll get to episode three but it's just it gets very predictable the storylines and the yeah the things that they do that's the great shame isn't it i think they are trying to they are trying to play it off as this mature thing and they're they're kind of being like oh well we'll, we'll shed the more immature aspects of it but actually the kind of the wackiness the zaniness the surrealism i think that that stuff should carry through mm-hmm. because that that doesn't that doesn't have to be conflated with immaturity yeah i just think that that would be entertaining I think the situations would be funnier. I mean, I saw like a bit the other day where Spencer like appears out of thin air as Mrs. Briggs as like <laughs> Mrs. Briggs doppelganger. Again, variants. Yeah, variants. I'm telling you. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully they up the ante a yeah. bit. Yeah, there's like even that joke actually. Yeah, going back to that bra thing where Carly's kind of like, oh, I never did grow into it, which is kind of funny, but it's kind of sad. Too. Like yeah. it's kind of like, oh. Carly, don't be so down on yourself, you know? Yeah. 
Episode two. What, yeah. What's that one called? Episode two. We've got I hate Carly. Oh yeah. I mean, that's not to describe how we're acting right now, but I mean, it kind of sounds like it. Just to kind of catch us up to speed, summarize that episode. So it follows this hater that's um, kind of resurfaced, that's uh, kind of targeting Carly and really bothering her. And simultaneously, she meets this person at a harbor that is very, um, it looks very strange, I'll say that, about the harbor. But we'll get get to that. It was kind of like a farmer's market. I have been to one like that before a bit, so, but yeah. Yeah, so she meets this guy um, who kind of acts like he's never seen iCarly or never heard of it. But it turns out, spoiler alert, that this guy oh. is the hater. I mean, we oh, could have never seen it coming. Um, and then oh. the B story is Spencer blinding himself. I didn't really, <laughs> like, honestly, I think I <laughs> must have blanked out because I came back and, like, he was just, like, he couldn't see and Freddy was, like, trying to help him. Like, I didn't, like, what was that all? I think that was yeah. trying to play off, like, yeah, some of the Zania, like, absurd storylines from the original show, but it just, it was just very strange. Uh, no, I'm completely the same. Like, I had no idea what was going on with that. And then I watched it again, and then I kind of understood what they were going for a little bit more. And, and I think it kind of proves that, okay, maybe this is something, maybe we're being too hard on it. Maybe we're not above it, we're below it. And it is something that's going to take a few watches to kind of really understand. Uh, and I think that that was one of the, one of those episodes. Yeah. This is a multi-watcher, guys. You're going to want to watch these shows yeah. at least, uh, episodes at least five it's a times. Complex, it's a complex sense of wit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah I think this was probably either this one or the the fourth one probably the weakest ones for me okay just because like not nothing was surprising nothing was really like too draw dropping it was just very standard going back to the to the harbour farmers market thing um that looked like absolute ass oh my god (laughs) I'm like I can't believe how terrible it like the outside looked like they had this terrible green screen. I was like thinking, like, could they not have um, got the volume that the Mandalorian and One uh, Division and stuff use? Yeah. Um, Let the cast interact with some real environments. Like we brought up Wizards of the Wavy Place. Like the exterior shots, sure they look like studios and stuff, but they at least look like lived in and like they look semi convincing. Mm. This just looked mm. like they clearly were on a set. Like it was just so. I know. I know. Like obviously, multicam. That's the limitation. That's like you know, quite, kind of what you have to deal with. But at the same time, like it was just so. It just took me out of it completely. Like I just couldn't take it seriously at all. No, and kind of talking about like that twist moment. I think that would be fair game in an old episode of iCarly, something that's literally aimed at children, okay? But, I mean, once again, this is people in their early 20s who are most likely going to be watching, and the moment you see this guy, you know, he's, he's the troll. And I, 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 it, it does feel a little bit insulting, because this is the thing, like, are we being too harsh on this? (laughs) Are we being too negative? But at the same time, these executives are mining our generation with nostalgia for all it's worth, and they're, they're just trying to manipulate us because they know that we're, we're essentially a generation of, of children still, you know, like they, they said yeah. that, like, I think there was a study that said, like, adolescence is, is being redefined into, like, late 20s, and, and I get that I fall into that, you know, but at the same time, still, like, intelligent beings, and it's yeah. like, oh my god, what, I just can't, like, again, it's like you said, someone who's never seen this before, they would think this was the most brain-dead, insulting 
pile of shit they'd ever seen. I think what we're just asking for is a bit of goddamn respect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come honestly. on. Please. <laughs> this is the crazy We thing. have a degree? <laughs> oh, we want to use it? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's crazy because I was looking and like, on Wikipedia at least, it says Rotten Tomatoes is 100%. Like, <laughs> like what? We... Yeah, I I, t- I don't know. That's the thing. I, I've seen some be, like fair, really. Actually, it's um only six ratings. So okay, so okay. Uh, we'll walk that back. We'll walk that back a little bit. I've seen some harsh takedowns of this, and then I've also seen like I saw a Reddit post on just r slash television, which you'd expect maybe some more critiques. Uh, because they're not, like, tied down to the fandom. But no, they were all like, yeah, this was sick. I loved it. I had so much fun. And the funniest thing about it was that loads of the comments were like, yeah, I didn't really laugh, but it was cool. It was nice. It's like, <laughs> you didn't really laugh at a sitcom? <laughs> I just, what, what are you gauging this off of? That? Yeah. Because, like, I just found it quite boring. That was Yeah, like, unfortunately. Like, the fact that I didn't laugh, whatever. But, like, the fact that I also found it, like, just kind of boring to watch and it felt like a chore. Because I was expecting to get some enjoyment out of it. And, like, in some yeah. ways it was, you know... I mean, I think we'll talk about it a bit more, but, like, Jerry Trainer, I think he's probably the one that's, you know, giving it the most out of all of them. And I think yeah. he probably works the best in, like, the majority of these. For sure. But, yeah, there's just, like... It's just... Yeah. I, I mean, know. like, once again, when I rewatched episode two and I, and I actually, like, tried to pay full attention to whatever that blind B-plot was, it did kind of make me chuckle a little bit, like, the, the moment when Freddy's explaining the sunset to, oh, to yeah. him. And they're kind of there. And, and I think, actually, if I could nominate that as this episode's Benson moment. Benson! So, yeah, like, I think it's quite fun, the interplay between Freddy and Spencer. But, I mean... Again, it's like the whole thing with Freddy, like, he's got the most, like, pathetic life. <laughs> Why don't you mine that for comedy? Because yeah. if you're not going to do anything with it, then what's the point? And then if you don't do anything with it, then it's just a really contrived situation. Whereas if they actually really explore it and constantly, like, refer back to it, then I think they would get away with it. But at this point, they're not, so... Yeah, like, the, the fourth episode, which I haven't seen, kind of capsulizes on, on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. A bit more, I'd say. But maybe, I don't think it's, like taken advantage of uh, enough as it could have. Now, I'm, I'm just going to say I don't really have anything else to say on the second episode. It's kind of like a nothing episode for me. <laughs> don't really like... Yeah, apart from like how traumatised I was by Nora Dershowitz, oh, whatever God. her name is, like, like moving the chair like a dog wiping its ass on a carpet. Like, that <laughs> fucked me up. <laughs> that was, um... That was a reappearance that I was not expecting. No. And, uh, yeah, it's quite unpleasant, really. Yeah. I, I do wonder what <laughs> other cameos we'll get. I mean, I think we're expecting Neville at some point. Yeah. I think there's... there's. I mean, I, I personally like to see Tebow again, the guy who works yeah, at the, Tebow would be fun. the store they, they would always go to. Nora Dershlet in the bin. In the bin. In the bin. Well, it's good that you brought that up now, because actually, when, when Carly had that, that board up with the possible suspects... There were a few familiar faces, a few Easter eggs, if you will, from the Schneiderverse. And I did notice Mrs. Briggs was there. Lubert was there. I think that was it, actually. But, oh, and Neville was there, but of course we know he's coming back. But yeah, I mean, I would like to see Lubert back. I mean, I was thinking about him during my my brainstorm workout, and I was just thinking, okay, this is a man who his skin is infested with boils and spots and warts, okay? We're currently living in a time where that is borderline sexy. Okay, because people are obsessed 
with Dr. Pimple Popper and oh God. just squeezing their, their, their zits and spots for the pleasure of, of people online. And I, I'm telling you now, he would be hailed as a god. So my prediction is that Lubert is now a rival star of the of the tube and screen and he is just popping his his legs and his warty warty cock for everyone's enjoyment. <laughs> Oh my god! That's a that's a vivid image, but um, yeah, I honestly I could definitely see that. I think I don't know if they'd go as far as to to show his his penis on screen. Um, maybe as an off-screen gag, they all like it cuts to them watching a TV screen. And they go like all of them at the same time. Yeah, Something yeah, like that'd be that. quite funny. That'd be funny. Um, but yeah, I definitely I think there's some reasoning somewhere in there, and I think he could come back in that form. Yeah. For sure. I like either as like his warty self or maybe like a more refined man. He's like popped all of his pimples now. He's made all his millions <laughs> from all the pimples that he pops on his yeah. show. And I just hope he's a better being. He's popping other people's pimples now. He's just <laughs> going around with a little needle like oh, you know. <laughs> Trust me, I, I I know how to do this. I mean that's the thing, I mean he's someone that he was a pretty miserable bastard, wasn't he? I mean yeah. They were kind of just making fun of him and his little meatball and all this kind of stuff. And I think this 10-year period, everything's coming up Lubert, you well, know? I mean, they're still... So. Well, Spencer, and I guess Carly as well, they're still in the same building. So do you assume he still works there? Like, is the, the lobby lobby guy? Or has he moved on? Oh, that's the thing. I'm getting impatient. Like, let's explore this world a bit more. I mean, it's it's kind of how I felt with, like, the Star Wars sequel trilogy and, and other things that come back. Like, they always play their cards very tight like very uh, close to their chest and you just want to like see what what the state of everything in the universe is but i guess we're just going to be patient yeah it's taking its time certainly and you know yeah. i guess they're limited by their sets so they can only they can only do so much <laughs> they, can only, they can only build so quickly uh <laughs> so i'd like to see mrs briggs that'd be quite fun that'd be good yeah she really reminds me of my evil french teacher from secondary school so <laughs> Do you, want to, do you want to elaborate, or is that a is that a story for another time? Uh, she, I don't know. She's just kind of like borderline obsessed with me, and like I was in all the school plays and stuff, and I still like I was a pretty good student, you know. Like I, I think I ended up getting pretty good grades, and I was top of that set. And she just she would like email my drama teacher and say that I should be basically fired from the school plays because she was worried about my dedication to French, uh, bearing in mind that I was literally raised in a French speaking country. Yeah. So I, I kind of knew what I was doing, right? And yeah, she just wouldn't let it go. And she'd always kind of compare me to her son, Tim. Like, she'd just always bring that up. It's just like a lot of baggage, I think, that she was carrying around. And she's also very religious. And uh, I think, like, there was one time where she actually kept me and my mates in uh, for detention. And we had to, like, attend one of those, like, religious school clubs. Oh. And so they're just, like, blasting Christian rock music. Yeah, that sucks. It's just, like, it's not really something that warms you to someone, is it? No. So if, if they did bring back Mrs. Briggs, she's 67, Lindy Sterling, her actress. Um, yeah. I mean, she's still doing stuff. I'm looking at her filmography. Yeah, I swear I've seen her in other things. Apparently she she voiced a character on Cora. That's pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, she was also in the hit uh, Disney Channel show Ant Farm. Don't know if you ever watched that show. I was subjected to nah. it in my youth. Bit after my time that one <laughs> i'm sure uh <laughs> if that's all we have to say about the the second episode should we just move on to the third one yeah um, let, let's let's move the fuck on well this one i would say of the three i've seen this was i think the best one yeah i agree this was uh, this was definitely the best one for me as well because it actually 
had something to say and a bit of an arc, even though yeah. we'll get into it, but it was a bit muddled in what it wanted to, to say. But it did it, it was at, at least yeah. have something to offer. There were yeah. There were some ideas and some themes and because this is the thing, like, to be honest, the concept of a young woman who was at one point incredibly famous online as as a very young person now growing up and dealing with that fame i feel like that's a really good concept like you could make some really cool comedy drama out of that situation but we're not again we're just we're not really getting into that i guess this is not the kind of show to explore that maybe that'd be like some judd apatow netflix series and and but this is the thing it's like how does going through that shape you as a person i mean this is the she's so kind of like full of it that she literally introduces herself to everyone as like oh uh hi i'm 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 carly shea of i carly fame it's like <laughs> oh my god this is disgusting get over yourself if you're in the uk <laughs> no one give a fuck <laughs> yeah yeah this is the problem it's like i couldn't i can't really work out if the show is perpetuating toxic internet culture or if it's actually trying to critique it. And I think this episode had a bit of both. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, it's not bold enough to actually, like, pick a side. I think, like, clearly Spencer's plot of accidentally creating this piece of art that's creating this conversation about the negative side of the internet with his sister at the forefront, I think, like, yeah, they they, 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 they flirted with actually addressing it. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's essentially critiquing the very thing that it's trying to be. And... Um... Yeah. Because of that, it feels just very at odds with itself, especially this episode. Because, yeah, you'll have... There's that moment where, the, like, the influencer goes under that basic art piece that Spencer has. And it's like, Carly criticizes her for that, but she's literally doing the most, like, basic things in the show. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's... Yeah, it's just very... Yeah, like you said, it, it's not picking a side at all. Not that it necessarily has to. Um, no, it doesn't, but... But I feel like there is a way to do it without, you know, dumbing yourself down, essentially. Um, because like, mm-hmm. oh, you do have like a good idea here, but then you just kind of, oh, but you are just kind of going back and trying to appeal to essentially the lowest common denominator by by doing some of the things in the show. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I don't. Th- we're not like these people that are kind of like, oh, another victim of cancel culture or anything like that. Like, usually the people that do get cancelled, like they they do deserve it. And anyone that is hit with really baseless attacks, it gets brushed under the yeah. rug because everybody anybody with common sense which I, I i choose to believe is the majority of people know that it's nothing to get worked up about and i actually thought there was like a moment i don't know if it was intentional or not but i thought this was borderline genius was the fact that millicent is the only character in the show that is worried about her being cancelled and it's because she's yeah. a dumb kid yeah she doesn't yeah. actually understand like how put because she's just like existing on the internet and she's she's taking all this shit seriously, and I, and I actually did enjoy the fact that like no one was entertaining her about this. Yeah, that's actually that's a good point. I don't think they thought of that, but <laughs> you cleaned it, cleaned it from that is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to talk about Millicent. <laughs> uh, I mean, what is there to say really? She's just because <laughs> there was an incredibly painful moment. Uh, an incredibly painful Millicent moment in this episode. Are you talking about? Are you talking about the song? Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they do it like twice or three oh. times, maybe. Like they yeah, end like, the episode. Like, Millicent's song reprise. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh, it is horrible. honestly 
really <laughs> hard to watch. And and the only thing I could think of like when when watching that moment is like just imagine her having to rehearse that and like oh god, it just. Uh, it makes me so uncomfortable. I hate it so much. Nothing against the actress because she's just doing a job, but like, yeah. the, the fact that they got her to do that is just, oh, why? I feel so bad for her. No, that's the thing. Like, as a child actress, like, she's not that bad at all. Like, she's doing her job, but the stuff they're giving her is just, is so bad. And I, and I do really question, like, what is the point of this character? Uh, who is it for? Like, is it supposed to be like a surrogate for the, the younger audience members? But she's not remotely likable at all. She's basically like a villain. And, <laughs> yeah. and and it's funny, yeah, like the whole thing with the song, like no one was recoiling when she yeah. was singing. And, and I, I, it sort of took me back to that moment in School of Rock where Miranda Cosgrove's character, like, she she puts a hand up. She's like, oh, can I sing? Can I sing? And then she sings like um, that song from Cats. it's it's really bad and like jack black's like okay okay shut up you know (laughs) and like but if you actually compared that to this like holy shit that makes like miranda cosgrove's character in that episode look like the best singer in the world like oh my god (laughs) but that that scene is obviously because it is the way it's you know positioned it is really funny but they, yeah, they don't yeah. play it for laughs. Yet. It's dead serious. <laughs> well, like oh. you're supposed to laugh at it, been like because of the things that she's saying, not because of the whole situation. And like, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just rough. And the fact that they they do it twice and get everyone to sing it. Oh my god, I just can't deal with it. Just, it's just. It's just wrong. It's just straight up yeah, wrong. Yeah, and I've seen that done before, you know, like, where, where a character in a show comes up with, like, a really, like, horrible song, and then it, there's this episode of Modern Family in season one, I think, where Haley's boyfriend, Dylan, he sings a song to the whole family, and it's, like, really inappropriate. And then it, and then there's, like, an after credit scene where, like, the whole family's kind of, like, humming it, and it, it's such a good episode. Like, oh, my God. To be honest, like, early Modern Family was fucking phenomenal. And, yeah, they just, like, ripped it from that, so... yeah. I never want to think about that ever again. Um, <laughs> so, so bad. Um, yeah. I thought it was quite funny, like, when uh, Carly and Spencer kind of, like, had to team up against, like, the mob at the art gallery, like, and then they were kind of just, like, just fuck off. <laughs> like, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> I bet there were some better moments in this one, I think, than the other ones. Because, yeah, there was, there was at least something you could work from um, for, like, the jokes and stuff and I, I did i just found it funny like i have in my notes here i just written spencer becomes the joker <laughs> just because it's, it's this like joker origin story for spence he just goes fucking crazy because his sister won't like, apologize to him. it's so it's just so ridiculous but i thought I, I did find that that whole thing like because it is on the verge of like tapping into that like just completely crazy energy that the original show had of like yeah this, he's just doing this completely out of spite. Um, I did like that about it. I, I do want to see more of Joker Spencer or Crazy Steve Spencer. I mean, mm. same character, I guess. Honestly, the whole thing with like Spencer and Crazy Steve is, is I could almost see them as being a bit like Cooper in Twin Peaks because uh, in season three, there's like a doppelganger of Coop and he's just this like evil, demented mirror version. Oh, and honestly, like, yeah, Crazy Steve, I could easily see him being that for Spencer. But... Uh... Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely the one I enjoyed the most, and uh, there were moments, yeah, where I actually thought like, oh, this this has something to say, and it's actually really against like how silly the internet is. Well, I came across a phrase which kind of is just basically what like Twitter is, and that's like a storm in a teacup, you know, just mm. complete nonsense issue. 
and uh, so I thought they were taking a stand, but it was only it was temporary. And and also there was like um I think there was like a moment in this episode where Carly, because I thought for a moment they were kind of turning Carly into a bit of a Fred Mo, no, not Fred Mo, <laughs> they were turning Carly into a bit of a Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother. And the yeah. thing about Ted is that in season one he's borderline insufferable, like he's just the 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 most annoying doe-eyed fuck, right? And then, because Josh Radner's fantastic, they kind of do this transformation and they turn Ted into kind of like the butt of the joke. And he's also like, he takes the, the ribbing quite well. And and, he, and I think Ted becomes quite like, quite a likable guy and, and just everything's at his expense and it's really funny. Um, but he's just inherently quite a lame guy. And I thought like, are they doing that with Carly? Because like, they're kind of chastising her for having a really shit sense of humour. But the, the thing is, right, it's like, it's really interesting how the show decides when to find something not funny, when the joke that Carly says is honestly at the same level as the majority of the jokes that everyone laughs themselves silly over. I guess Sam's gone to not um, have that interplay. Yeah, well, Sam's joined a biker gang. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. What happened to <laughs> we Sam? We didn't, no. Yeah, they kind of just... They do mention Sam quite a lot in the first episode. Um, like yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it's, it yeah. felt organic as well. Yeah, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't forced, which is good. Uh, it definitely leaves the door open for Jeanette to to come back if she pleases. Yeah, I thought I tell you, it kind of reminded me a little bit in Community when Troy leaves, and I thought it was really funny in season six of Community where like suddenly they just double down on the Troy references because when he initially leaves in season five, they like don't talk about him at all, and then in season six they're just like constantly going on about this guy yeah. to the point where it's like actually annoying all the new characters. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> yeah. and, and I thought, well, maybe they could do that. I don't know, but we haven't talked about Harper like at all. Oh yeah, yeah, she's kind of the new best friend surrogate replacement for Sam. Yeah, I guess I guess we haven't mentioned it because I don't really have much to say about her. She's fine. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, like, she's I no better she's... or worse than like anyone else. No, I mean she's definitely not like my least favorite part of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, generous. Yeah. I don't know. She hasn't really had. A sh- well, she gets a bit more to do in the episode that you haven't seen. Yeah, <laughs> but um, even then, like, I don't think she's used to her like fullest potential. To be honest, <laughs> we haven't even tapped into one fifth of Harper's <laughs> power. <laughs> um, they've kind of established that she's like, she seems to come from some sort of wealth or something. Mm, Maybe yeah. so. There's a bit of her backstory, but like, I, I I guess they do kind of need her in the show to like have someone to bounce off of Carly. But yeah, she's kind of like the straight man. I I can't really work it out. But then like, so's Carly. Yeah. <laughs> so is Freddie. <laughs> so... the, the only the only not straight man is uh, Spencer. I guess. Yeah. He's just absolutely crazy. The thing about Harper is, in the first episode, I really didn't like her because a she insults Spencer. She calls him a a ding dong which what i thought was the ultimate disrespect and she was just very cocky and i also found that carly became more cocky when she was around her it was kind of like oh they're just creating this horrible environment between them where they were doing that thing where they really like hype themselves up which is it's it's good to be confident but they were just like oh i'm so sexy oh i'm the be- most amazing hot piece of ass and it's just like oh it's just that's not endearing as a character is just quite annoying and they kind of they kind of shied away like i think harper by episode two like she was a lot more bearable and Mm. uh, like she kind of she referenced furries which was amusing yeah (laughs) 
But yeah, like, there's not really, like, any chemistry between her and Freddy or Spencer at this point. No, and she hasn't really had any defining moments, no. I'd say. Uh, she's definitely not had any terrible songs, which is oh, good. Fuck. Yeah, I def- there's, there's room to grow for that <laughs> character, I'd say. She's got some storylines in her, I think, but... Yeah. It's just how you use her. Yeah, but it's just... It's not that you want to compare her to Sam because, like, they are completely different. Like, there was nothing, nothing about Harper that made me feel like she was, like, a, a, a copy of Sam. But, like, no. I don't know. Sam, like, Jeanette McCurdy was, was really good in yeah. the old show. Like, she, she had really good comedic timing and was just a very, like, strong presence on screen. And it really, like, that, Sam was iCarly's bite, you know? And I yeah. think it's just, it's just missing that edge, sadly. Definitely. Because, oh my god, can you imagine Sam as an adult? Oh my god, the, the amount of crackhead energy she would bring, especially if she hadn't changed whatsoever like <laughs> many of the characters on the show. I mean, she comes yeah. back from that biker gang and she's like, honestly, what if they just recast um, <laughs> Sam's character? I know it'd be kind of a disservice to, to what Jeanette McCurdy brought to that character, but you know, you could get someone else in that role. Emma Stone, another I- iCarly uh, <laughs> alum. Alum. <laughs> we both surprisingly enjoyed Cruella, her like insane performance uh, as her. Yeah. She could bring that to iCarly, I'm just, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not against it. But like, I mean, Sam kind of honestly just belongs on something like Always Sunny. Like yeah, that that's kind of true. chaotic level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's really not what they're going for with this. Yeah. Kind of, uh, I, I don't even know what they're going for here, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess like a final note for this episode, I'll say is um, they make a joke about the pandemic. Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, when would that ever happen? Yeah. Wink, wink. And, um... <laughs> I just wanted to kill myself at that point. Was, uh, <laughs> honestly, I was, me. Like I know we said that was the best episode, but fuck, man, it's just, I just couldn't. Yeah. Between that and the song, like, jeez. Yeah. I it just just unnecessary. I'm not saying you, it's one of those like people you like you can't joke about anything or anything like that, but like, I just didn't think it was like it didn't really add anything. No. And it wasn't very no, funny you... because they and they 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 they. they purposely put the, the laugh track to make it seem like this like oh big haha thing i just didn't it just wasn't funny <laughs> it's just not a funny no, joke no i feel like okay obviously like the pandemic it's always going to be topical because it literally changed the entire world but i think everyone's exhausted by it and i do just think like generally when you're writing comedy and you're going for like topical humor really think long and hard about that before you actually go with it because i mean it's like gabe and i my brother like we were writing a script and I, i'd put in this joke about how like the main character he has like a queer i duvet set and <laughs> like i think there's just because i've been watching tons of queer eye yeah. and you just gotta ask yourself like okay is this actually funny like because that's like kind of the lowest form of comedy when everything's just like topical references because i think i'm not against them Sometimes they really do work, but I think you've got to have, like, a rule with yourself. Like, something has to be at least 10 years old before you kind of go for it, right? Yeah, there is a certain way to do it. And, like, a lot of the references that they make in this, they're either just kind of, like, quite dated. Just do better, I think. Just, just... Yeah, do better. (laughs) Just think about the jokes you're making, guys. Think about it for one goddamn second. Um, I'm not claiming to be, like... I probably couldn't write any better, you know? I was going to say, like, I hate to say it, but could could maybe use some of Dan Schneider's guiding hands. Yeah, I mean, he's hands-off of this reboot. At least I think he is for the most part. But, you know, Phil Lewis is at the helm. He's at the steering wheel driving the <sighs> driving the, the car into the sunset with this thing. But, um, yeah, I, think, I definitely think Schneider's baking <laughs> it. We need, some, we need some goddamn bread from him. We need some crumbs. Was that intentional, that joke? What? <laughs> 
<laughs> driving off into the sunset. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, no. in, in case you missed the joke, we're referencing Phil Lewis's manslaughter. Vehicular like manslaughter, he, uh, yeah. He did. yeah. 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 It's not funny. Uh, at all. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. Um but yeah, <laughs> Dan Schneider. We need him back, please. Yeah, it's he was he was the Kevin Feige of the the this whole thing. And um yeah, I mean do do you want to talk about the fourth episode a bit or, or should we save that for for next time? Yeah, maybe we'll save that for next week. Yeah. We've gone pretty in depth with this first barrage. Yeah, barrage is a good word for it. Yeah. yeah. I feel assaulted. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And um, including the fourth episode, there's ten more episodes to go. So um, we're in for a long road ahead of us. Yeah. It's the summer of iCarly. I mean, I kind of I talked about Twin Peaks just a bit ago, and 2017, when season three came out, was one of the most exciting, memorable summers of my life. Just every week watching a new episode. What is David Lynch concocting for us this week? And it just was completely subversive, seminal, game-changing material. And Maybe maybe I'm the fool for uh, kind of expecting that same experience again. <laughs> yeah. They they dubbed it as Twin Peaks: The Return. I mean, this is this is the same. It's iCarly: The Return. You know. Yeah. <sighs> oh God. Yeah. We were you know we were expecting this to change television, to change cinema, the way we think about movies. We were expecting <laughs> to use our you know our film degrees to the to the to the fullest extent, our iCarly yeah. knowledge of the, the previous show. I mean, we t- we are in, in comparing the two, but it's just not scintillating those iCarly uh, neurons in the way that I'd want them to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, Cahiers de Cinema, a famous French film journal, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they actually ranked uh, Twin Peaks The Return as the best film of 2017. And I think it was, like, the first time a TV series had been given that honour. And I don't know if the guys at Nickelodeon realised that they could achieve the exact same honour if they really wanted to, but they, they don't. Do you think this is going to get some Emmy Emmy attention at all? A daytime Emmy, I mean, maybe? Well, let's think about this. Uh, a daytime Emmy? Ooh. Yeah, well, maybe something in between. Like, they need some kind of web equivalent. But I mean, I, like, what? Like The I'm Kids' Choice think. Emmys, maybe? Well, that's the thing. It probably will just be relegated to a Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award, but they, they could, could have made something that was just a bit more than that. But this is the thing, it's not it's not for kids, that's that's the other thing. It's like not no. intended for a child audience. Well, as we talked about last episode, they're engaging in sexual situations. Yeah, they are. They're not avoiding them at all. It's like Big Bang Theory, it's over, it's done. So you don't have to contend with a behemoth like that. The multicam sitcom's ostensibly dead, so they could really kind of bring it back. Because yeah. if you actually look at like the Emmy nominations for Best Comedy, a lot of those shows they've got like three jokes in them so and and i'm not like dissing them because all those shows i love them like i love like barry and atlanta and all those kind of stuff but they're not like laugh a minute shows are they they're like completely different things they're they're melding yeah. comedy and drama in new ways but but why, why couldn't iCarly be the same yeah and the thing that the difference is like those shows even though it's not laugh a minute when it does make you laugh it really does make you laugh absolutely no absolutely like the jokes are like they're mental when they hit but here it's like you don't even really get a chuckle <laughs> like you just get no. an acknowledgement that oh they were trying to do the joke but it it, it didn't it didn't work at all yeah um, well it's like you said earlier like you can see the kernels of the comedy and they're yeah. just they're not on the microwave long enough no they're not in the the schneider bakery <laughs> oven 
<laughs> long enough. They're just uh, they're just a pile of yeast, just waiting to be <laughs> put into the oven into that loaf of Schneider bread. Um, but unfortunately, um, they're just this gooey, like weird, just massive nothing. And um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I'm that, not lie. That's our official review. If if they're going to make a like a critics trailer, it, it would <laughs> yeah. be Tom and Revan call it an abundance of sloppy wet yeast. <laughs> Just riddled with bacteria. It's just <laughs> yucky. It's just yucky. Um, I hope I hope every not every week's like this because it's it's going to be a bit no. depressing if it is. I mean, it just sounds like wait, it is. we don't want this to be bad. We want this to be awesome. This, yeah. We want this to be fucking epic. But it's just not. This is supposed to be white boy summer, and iCarly <laughs> falls into that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is like what Paramount Plus has got. Like this is their. They're one the I've, jewel in their crown. Sure, like I haven't heard of any other thing that they're doing for Paramount Plus. Like this is their no. one piece of original programming to get people in. Like, and it's just un- it's just underwhelming. They they literally they can't bring back Drake and Josh. They can't bring back the Amanda Show. They can't bring back uh, <laughs> what else is there? They can't bring back Sam and Cat because uh, neither of them want yeah. to do it. Nancy Classified. That's the only one they can do, and that See, would be amazing. Oh. That would be amazing, but I think we're not in that timeline where that's gonna happen. It's just that's too good for us. We need to campaign like like they did for community to try and get yeah. you know. This is what we gotta do. We gotta bring back Ned's Declassified. And that's I think that's the inevitable mission, even though this is an iCarly focused podcast. Yeah. What we do really want is an uh, a Ned's Declassified continuation. And if you know, if we do keep watching the episodes, we do keep talking about it, maybe they'll look to the the catalogue that they have and Try, try to green light some of the other shows that they could bring back for Paramount Plus. I agree. I mean, at the moment they green light that shit, th- this iCarly, this this podcast ceases to be an iCarly podcast. Like, tell <laughs> yeah. that. Much. I'm, 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 re- I'm ready to rebrand, like, right now. <laughs> like, I'll fucking do it instantly. Yeah. It's been a very strange week, to be honest, because, like, I've thought about iCarly more than I have at any point in my life. And I <laughs> yeah. just, like,. I've seen the episodes multiple times. I've had various conversations with various people about it, and um, it's all been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I I do want to say actually make an announcement about next week's episode. We were thinking about doing a, a head-to-head trivia battle, and I'm not going to reveal who the guest is, but all I can say is that we're very excited to get someone of this caliber on so early onto the podcast, yeah. and we will be revealing that when it airs. It's going to be exciting, guys. You're going to want to tune in because this is a this is a big name. Is all I'm going to say. And one big to look name, forward to. and Tom, you'll be you'll be duking it out with him, right? Yeah, I will be, and uh, I honestly don't know what to expect. It's going to be a bit of a wild show. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun also tune in because we'll i guess we'll catch up with episode four and then episode five um will also be out so we'll talk about that as well a bit um maybe we'll talk about that with yeah. the guest as well if you know they've seen it too yeah sure yeah it'd be interesting to see their perspective they're very busy though so we'll okay see. we'll, we'll have we'll to wait see. and see yeah we'll see what happens you know but yeah i think that's probably the end here uh, thanks everyone for listening if you are listening we actually have absolutely no idea yet if anyone is but that's cool we're having fun doing it yeah i think we're, we're, we're trying to we're trying to make this a bit of an enjoyable experience and um you know if you if you do enjoy the show get in contact with us i don't know what hashtag we came up with last time but um i guess just hashtag spaghetti taco if you want to reach us and send us a question send us a query we're, we're here yeah. to listen 
we're here to listen to your yeah. knowledge and your expertise. Do you want to have a go at us for being a couple of negative Nancys? We'll accept <laughs> it. You know, we'll take it head on. We, uh, we're, uh, we're always growing as people, so. We're pretty thick-skinned, I think. Yeah. <sighs> okay. All right, guys. Uh, see you next week. Take it easy. I know you see.